This is Meat Mitch, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bomb! Start the game! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are of the highest order of importance to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Let's call it 12 minutes from now because we're closer to that side of the minutes. It's been a run this year, folks. I'm not going to lie. We've had a great amount of success landing not only the biggest names in the barbecue and grilling world as we would know it, ham and eggers like you and me going up and down the street and running into the likes of so-and-so pitmaster or owner of this particular mom-and-pop grill company. But in 2022, the show has taken a definitive high-blast turn where you will see this evening the landing of the second... CEO of a publicly traded company, that being John Maris Solo Stoves, also Solo Brands, if you're you're familiar with that. I'm a huge fan of Solo Stove. I was, as I was telling John during our sound check uh, yesterday, or perhaps that was earlier today, I forget, an early adopter in the more skeptical than not seeing all the video of this solo bonfire. They're a fire pit, smokeless fire pit as they bill it. I was a little skeptical, but it looked nice. Had a little extra cash laying around. Decided to give it a shot because while I love live fire in every aspect, while I love the concept of a fire pit, what I really hate about a fire pit is the inability to burn efficiently and effectively and get the oxygen needed to it What does that mean? White billowing smoke, the bad smoke if you're running an offset pit. And inevitably, it follows you around as you dance around the circle of the fire pit trying to get away from it. doesn't matter. I'm always wearing the smoke magnet clothing, and it follows me, and then I stink really bad 
forever, and you can hardly get it out of your clothes. You almost just have to immediately go to the donate box on the way home because you're probably at a friend's house who doesn't have a solo stove. So I was skeptical that I got one, fired it up. It got to prime operating temperature, and bam, this thing was magic. Build just as such a smokeless fire pit, or as smokeless as you can get it. You're not going away from this thing smelling like any amount of fire or bad smoke or creosote or the list goes on of adjectives. It's great. So we have John on tonight to learn a little bit about him, to also learn about their cooking vessels that they have and a brand new pizza oven that was just recently released. We'll also talk about some of that high level business stuff too, that you've come to know and love here. As I sit with top men and women in the industry of publicly traded companies, the second CEO of a publicly traded company so far in two months, two, eight was the first one. Four twenty six is the second one. And there's more to come. Believe me. After John Maris, we will visit with Derek Riches on his normal monthly segment. Plenty to talk about Derek with. Plenty, plenty to talk to about Derek. We have plenty to talk about, and Derek will help me suss through it, flesh it all out. We're going to be talking about Vision Grills. They're a ceramic grill manufacturer. Did you know that? We're also going to be talking about a prognostication that was made 12 years ago that you may or may not have heard on the most recent best of episode. And the list goes on. So Derek Rich is 935. Then we'll close out the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. Of course, 14 past in the fourth Tuesday of a month, the embedded correspondence will be joining me for a rousing rendition of 100% Assurity Picks. If you are interested in joining us for that and taking part, I will tell you how to do that here in just a second. And then if you can believe it or not, Season three is locked and loaded, if you can believe it. I know I just said that. I can't believe it. We're here again. Season three, Barbecue Central Show, American Idol edition. John from Michigan is in. Rusty from the great city of Utah is in. I am in from Seatown. And Doug Shiding from Texas is in. Singing for your fame and adulation forever. America votes. And we have a real live singing judge tonight, the lead singer of Three Years Hollow, my friend and your friend, Jose Urquiza. So stay tuned for the launch of season three or the debut episode of season three. By the way, if you're somebody that has the technical capabilities, not the singing chops, but the technical capabilities that can lay down tracks, you think you have what it takes, you want to take part in season four of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol. I'm happy to have you. Just send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and I'll tell you everything that you'll have to do. It's very easy. You just have to be on time. I think you would love it. It's fun and exciting. The more we have, the more I have potential to pitch for potential prizes. I mean, who knows? Jose is going to be a guest judge this year. The winner could get a singing contract. Is that possible? I don't think that's possible, but maybe. If some of us really wow him, he might sign us to a tentative agreement. Minor league recording artist contract. Is that a thing? Don't forget, you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds over on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. Also live on Clubhouse for audio as well. First off, 
Let me take a quick second to thank Rob and Case from the So Smoking Gooder Show for having me on their show last Wednesday night. If you missed it, go to Facebook and find it. I always appreciate the fact that I'm being asked to be a guest. And they ask a good mix of questions. I think we all had a good time. And if I'm going to critique anything, I would recommend that co-host Case hooks up his mic instead of doing it through his computer mic. Host rule of thumb. If one host has a mic, like Rob did, every host on the panel should have a mic in your production. So Case, bust it out, use it. I'm under to understand you have many microphones. Check out the show over on Facebook and YouTube by searching So Smoking Gooder. But both of those hosts should be having microphones to really increase the sound. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a good show, so check it out. Not just my appearance, but the show in general. By the way, someone in the chat Wednesday night asked if I've ever paid money to have a guest on my show. In any case, any of you have ever wondered the same thing? Have I ever paid to have a guest? The answer is 100%, as I said on their show, and I quote, fuck no. In fact, I can't even paint a scenario in my head that would even get me close to doing that. So memo to all future guests, I will never pay someone to be a guest on my show, ever. I would do a segment on my own before I would relent to such nonsense. So if you ever think you want to be a guest on the show and then you want to ask me, by the way, you require an appearance fee, you can beat it. Listener feedback from last week's show, Paul and George. Uh, sorry, Georgia. Greg, am I the only one that noticed that not only did Steven sound great last weekend, there were no technical issues either. A perfect segment was Steven Reichland, barbecue legend. I noticed. I didn't want to say anything to jinx it, Paul. Timmy in Idaho, Greg, I usually podcast the show, but happened to catch the show live last week on the YouTubes. Mike Lang from Another Pint Please's background and overall video quality, the best I have ever seen from any of your guests. Wow. Better than yours, too. Love, Timmy. Pal, this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. This is Bomb City, USA behind me. Joe in Mississippi writing, love Jess Pryles on the show. I know people ask you all the time about you and Sam, the cooking guy, doing a podcast together, but I'm giving the Greg and Jess podcast a firm pitch tonight. What say you? Love the show. Regards, Joe. Joe, I can tell you that there is even more of a no on that. Jess doesn't even listen to podcasts, so no, she's not going to do something that she doesn't even listen to. I also know for a fact that she doesn't even listen back to interviews that she's done on this show or any show. So believe me when I say her interest level in doing a podcast with me, the elite podcast of the industry, or with someone else by herself, ranks zero out of 100 on the scale of probability. Zero. And you can take that to the bank. All right, we're awaiting Joe Maris to, I'm sorry, John Maris to come on from Solo Brands. Uh, before we get to him, I will talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces 
to the American-made grills and smokers. The Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Popular flavors for the rubs and seasonings like cattle prod, cash cow, sweet money, double secret steak, all proven winners in the backyard and on the competition trail. Big Papa Smokers rubs just don't disappoint, and the seasonings will perk up flavor taste buds all over the place if you're looking for a new go-to sauce. How about Granny's Barbecue Sauce? Granny's traditionally a powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Aside from the pellets, pellets, aside from the rubs and sauces, they're selling cookers. You know it. If you want a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right, take a look at that Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, please go ahead and give them a call, 877-828-0727, or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. We are back with John Maris right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices, automatic induction fans ready to go, and these ceramic cookers that they are selling you. If you have any questions, call 800-288-GURU. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Longest-running sponsor of the show. When it was a podcast only for two years, Barbecue Guru, first advertiser on. When the show jumped in 2008 to a live internet production, first one to come on board and or carry over as a show sponsor. And now 14 years into live shows, Barbecue Guru continues to sponsor the show, so we appreciate that. Boom. Thank them very much for their continued sponsorship of the show. Folks, if there's one thing I know is that we all love fire, no matter the fashion, cooking over it, standing around it, fire is something we hold close in many ways. So when a product comes along that enhances the fire enjoyment, I want to make sure you all know about it. And now they are branching into the grill side of things as well. So we race to the hotline and welcome in the CEO and president of Solo Brands, first timer to the show, John Maris. Hey, John. 
Hey, how you doing? I am doing absolutely Thanks. fabulous, John. Appreciate you making time here for the show. Plenty to get to here in our short time. So, I guess before we talk about solo specifically, if we could get a quick background on you, and uh, then we'll build into the solo stuff. All righty, you got it. Yep, my name's John Maris. I'm the CEO of Solo Brands, uh, formerly Solo Stove, and then we made a few acquisitions. I think we're going to get into. But uh, born and raised, uh, born in North Carolina, but raised in Texas, uh, married with five kids and uh, just uh, love being an entrepreneur. So uh, both entrepreneur at home, figuring it all out and and uh, in, the, in the office as well. How old of a guy are you, John? I'm uh, 39 years old. 39 with five kids. Wow. Look at you. Or as oh, a, yeah. as a uh, fellow that has three daughters, I always get the God bless you. I'm like, okay, yeah. pal. <laughs> okay, that's what we say instead of saying sorry to be you, but whatever. Um, all right. So, uh, other positions before solo, what were you into? Yeah. So m- most of my career has actually been in growth. So sales, uh, sales leadership, anything kind of high growth. But I found my niche in is really finding businesses that are in that five to ten million dollar range, and um, you know, growing them up to a hundred and beyond. And so that's. The last few gigs I've done, I've been in that and then joined solo back in 2018 uh, when the business was just six or seven employees and uh, about $10 million of revenue. So as you just said, solo, your entrance is 2018. I, I mean, I was kind of familiar, very cursory. To me, it, solo had that outdoorsy camping uh, rocket stove kind of a thing. I mean, that is everything that I'm not. I think camping's weird. I don't get tense. It's gross. Unless it's RV air conditioned, like house outside in the wild, then I can get down with it. But that didn't seem to be where uh, Sto- uh, Solo was living. So uh, tell us a little bit about the the history of that company before you got into it. Yeah. So the, the company kind of dates back to 2010. And if you go back all the way, you know, a decade, a little over a decade now, it really started in ultralight backpacking. So what the founders were looking to do was to create a stove that was so lightweight that an ultralight backpacker could take it without having to pack fuel and they could use twigs or leaves or sticks and they could boil water in six to eight minutes and cook their food on the go. And then that that evolved to a larger camp stove for people that were day hiking and then eventually to car campers for a, an even larger stove. Back in 2016, when the business really kind of hit a different stride was when our customers came back and said, hey, we love your camping stoves. We love cooking on your product. But what we would really love is just a product we could sit around for for like kind of like a fire pit. And uh, in, in the beginning, we actually thought, man, this is a terrible idea. Like who's going to buy this clunk of metal that you could throw a fire in? You know, you could go buy buy something over at Home Depot or something to do that. But uh, we decided to launch a Kickstarter and just kind of gauge interest and and, and kind of just take care of this small group of customers that we thought you know might be interested. And uh, it turns out it was it was much bigger than we ever thought it was. And uh, and so the the rest is kind of history. Within three months after that Kickstarter, we were selling more fire pits than we were camping stoves. One of the things I love about it, I talked about kind of kind of growing up in Texas. I grew up on a fifty acre ranch, and we spent a ton of time around fires as a kid. And one of the things that uh, it was just kind of clear as a kid is if, if any of my friends wanted to sit around a fire, it was like, we got to go out to Maris's place out in the country. Nobody in the city was sitting around a fire in their backyard. And one of the things that Solo Stove has really unlocked is this ability for everyday people that maybe are intimidated by or feel like they got to pack up the car to go camping, to have a campfire experience. We're bringing that to their backyard and saying, hey, you don't have to be a Boy Scout. You don't have to be an expert. 
you could just be a kind of an everyday person and we can take the difficulty out of it and, uh, and make it easy for everybody to have that campfire experience in the backyard. The thing that separates it to me from every other fire pit is you had mentioned you can go to Lowe's or any other big box store or every Target or any store anywhere and get some semblance of a fire pit, but it's just round and it holds wood and it's inefficient and you end up smelling like smoke. And the biggest differentiator for me was the claim that it was smokeless. I bought one. I was like, <laughs> well, maybe I'll smell a little less like smoke, but there'll still be some smoke. After the initial startup, it was a beautiful thing, right? It was exactly as it was built. The fires coming through the main chamber. You have the air sucking up through double walls, uh, ejecting out those inner ports, uh, combusting the smoke that's not already burned, the whole deal. I want to be a commercial for you. But the thing that I loved the most or that I appreciated the most is it was doing exactly what it said it was going to do. It was doing exactly as the YouTube video said it was going to do. So where does the concept of this uh, secondary combustion, I think is what it's called, come up? And to me, that's the game changer of all fire pits. It, it really is. Anybody that sat around a fire has played musical chairs. I mean, it's just, it's just part of the game. You, you come to expect it. You know that no matter where you sit, the wind's going to find you. And you're spot on, right? You, uh, you sit around a solo stove and the experience is just, is just different. And what makes it different is what a lot of people don't know uh, but but maybe on on this show they they may because anybody in the barbecue space is all about smoke. But smoke actually comes about by inefficient burn. So when a fire is just not burning efficient efficiently, or if you have wet wood, you're going to end up, or even a sappier wood, you're going to get more smoke. What the solo stove does through this secondary combustion that you mentioned is it burns more efficiently, and that ultimately reduces the smoke. And the way that works is by feeding more oxygen to the fast to the fire faster. And so ultimately with more oxygen, it starts burning more efficiently and it preheats the air. And then that preheated air comes up through the outer wall and through those top holes you were talking about. And as it comes out, it actually is so hot that it combusts. So a good way to, to think about it is a normal fire that you make in a, in, a, in a traditional fire pit or even like, you know, around stones at a campground is gonna burn somewhere around 700, 800 degrees, whatever maybe 600 degrees even, our fire pits are going to burn somewhere between 1400 to 1600 degrees. So it's a lot hotter. It's like a furnace. And, uh, and ultimately, when you get that, you, you get the smokeless fire. Yeah. And the easy way for me to figure out how efficient it is, is you build a fire pit or you build a fire in a traditional fire pit, one in the solo stove, let it all burn out. And then in the morning, go look at the bottom. In the bottom of the solo stove, I mean, it is very minimal. And then the traditional fire pit has, you know, uh, half logs that are just half black uh, going down to regular wood because they didn't burn. So uh, it's a great product. Highly recommended, of course. Uh, not the only thing we want to talk about here tonight because Solo has also approached the live fire cooking space, if you want to say that. So I see, I'm going to call it a kettle style grill. Uh, you, It's the Solo Stove Grill. Talk to me a little bit about that. And was that just a natural progression off of how popular the stove was? Yeah. So listen, Solo's brand mission is all about creating good moments that lead to lasting memories. We really want people gathered around the fire, smiling, making memories, hanging out with friends and family. And one of the things that we recognized in the grilling category is that in most homes, if somebody's hosting a party, 
they head out, the, the grill master goes over to the grill, the rest of the party's happening over on the other side of, of, of the house or the backyard, and they're kind of all alone. And what we wanted to try to do is create a scenario where the party could come to the grill. So think Korean style barbecue. This is a lower set grill, a kettle style grill, burns on charcoal, you know, lump charcoal, wood, and ultimately everybody gathers a, a chair around the fire, grabs a set of tongs or a spatula, and everybody's cooking their own meat on the same grill and just hanging out, having drinks. So that's the uh, the solo stove grill that we launched. And, uh, you know, it's still it's still catching on. It's it's a different way of, of, of really approaching the backyard experience. The other product, which is much newer even than the grill, is the Solo Pie pizza oven. As I talked about with you yesterday when we were sound checking, the live fire pizza space has exploded over the last five years. Everybody's looking to do the Neapolitan style pie, get that temperature right and that, you know, 650, 700 degree on the stone, uh, eight, 9,000 degree dome temperature, whatever you're messing with. So I would assume that you guys are tracking the success of pizza and realize we can produce something that has that kind of heat capability as well. And now the pie is born. Right. I mean, we thought about our capabilities in secondary combustion. And what we realized is nobody in the in the, in the pie space or the pizza space was really us- utilizing secondary combustion the way Solo was to actually get to those temperatures faster and create a really great pizza cooking experience in the backyard. And there's also this portability component with our product where it's lighter weight because of the quality of 304 stainless that we use in the product. So this is something you could take to a a tailgate, you could take it camping with you or just utilize it in your backyard. But the secondary combustion coupled with this 304 stainless and a really beautiful cylindrical product makes the perfect product to 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 cook, to crank out pies, you know, every every two minutes. So it's about a minute and ninety, or, or sorry, a minute and fifty two seconds or so that uh, it takes to cook a really beautiful pie in a nine hundred degree stove. John Maris joining us here on the show, CEO of Solo Brands. Uh, John, through research I've done on Solo in preparation for the interview, it appears online and uh, e-commerce, or if that's one and the same, that appears to be the lion's share of sales for Solo. And I know there are a few brick-and-mortar retailers that have been established, but do you see that being an even bigger growth position for Solo going into the next few years? You know, we really like our position in the direct-to-consumer space, online, digital e-commerce. We love connecting with our customers. You know, what you lose when you work through retailers is you don't have that direct connection to the customer. So there's advantages and disadvantages to each. But that direct connection to the customer is one that we've we've found to be super valuable. It's really what's informed our product innovation roadmap and allowed us to come out with new products. So I think uh, you know we'll do a little bit of both, but uh, but retail uh, you know will continue to be an important part of our business. The REIs and the Dick Sporting Goods and the Academies and Ace Hardwares uh, have been great partners to us. Do you find that the majority of consumers? I don't know if you have statistics to back this up or spout off, but do you find that the majority of customer is you know, maybe my age, mid forties and younger by and large, whereas as we talk about brick and mortar. Somebody that's 50 or older, they might think conceptually it's cool to go online and buy that, but these are touchy-feely kind of folks. Do you think there's a significant loss of sale because people can't walk into a lot of retailers, touch it, feel it, and then decide it's good enough to buy? 
Yeah, it's a good question. So demographically, you know, we see the, about the, the bulk of our business falling in that 35 to 55 year old range, right? And so, you know, this is a group that has a, a little bit higher of an appetite for online, right? I think the older you get, a little bit less appetite for online shopping, but you've hit it the nail on the head, right? Our goal has always been to be where the customer wants us to be. So for some customers, touching and feeling it and, and seeing it in person, being able to walk out with it the same day and put it in your backyard and use it's important, which is why we ended up partnering with the retailers that we have. And we found, you know, Dick Sporting Goods, you know, nearly 5,000 stores, Ace Hardware, nearly 5,000 stores that we can get to almost anywhere where our customers want us to be from a brick and mortar standpoint with some really key relationships that we've gone deep in versus kind of going broad and being in every retailer. And that way we've been able to control the messaging, the education, make sure that when a customer actually walks in, they're going to meet with somebody or a store associate that actually knows what solo stove is, what secondary combustion is, all the stuff you've been talking about so that they can really help people understand why a solo stove versus a traditional fire pit. Um, and then otherwise, you know, if a customer has an appetite for online and can really be educated through our videos and our, our web content, then, then they'll just purchase from us on the store online and, and uh, we'll ship it directly to the door. So when you go online and we'll hold the solo apparel to the side here for a second, Everything else on this site seems to always be on sale, roughly 20 to 25% off, no matter what time of day, no matter what time of year. Have you found that product moves better when people think they are always getting a deal? Is that a strategy? Yeah. Think about it this way. If somebody, if, if somebody is, is shopping in a store, they already have sunk cost of time, right? They got in their car, they spent some gas, they drove to the store and so, you know, you, you may even yourself have this experience. I know I have the experience every time I go to the store. It's like, if I go there and what I'm looking for isn't there, I still kind of feel like, man, I got to find something. Like I already, I already got out of my house. I got off the couch. I drove over here. I got, whether it's a pack of gum or a pair of shorts or something, I'm walking out with something. And it's just a different experience online. If somebody's in their bed at 10 PM scrolling on their phone and, and, just browsing on the web and they go, oh, that's a cool looking product. I'm going to click on that. You've got to do something to really help them motivate themselves to get out of their way to make a purchase. And what we found with e-commerce is helping people feel like they're getting a deal is a way that they kind of get out of their own way and can go out and, and, and make a purchase. Uh, because again, they haven't, you know, otherwise you just keep scrolling, right? You got more content, more things that you can look at online. So um, that's been a strategy of ours because we started in e-commerce. We've done a lot of iterating and testing. And and so, uh, you know, at any given time and also seasonally, we'll, we'll, you know, different products make sense different times of years and things like that. So, you know, we'll just kind of pick and choose and make sure that there's always something, some reason for customers to come and check out the site. John, it appears over the life that Solo has, it has sold twice or, or capitalized or recap or whatever the catchy term is. Summit Partners, the first investor slash buyer. Then in 2019, Bertram Capital became second investor buyer. Bertram was a company you had already worked for previously. In your experience, what percentage of owners sell their company and are looking to cash out, period, versus ones that need the money to continue to grow and then they hope to find a finance partner that sees their vision and wants them to help achieve that goal. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one to answer in terms of, you know, I think every founder is different. From my personal experience, it's been just founders of the, the business just kind of grows beyond what they ever thought it would be. 
And it's just kind of an opportunity for them to move on to something different or to, to take some money off the table or some chips off the table for you know all their net worth is kind of tied up in a single business and allows them to do not, not necessarily a retirement, but more like a uh, again, a, 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 a de-risking, right, if you will. And that's kind of what, what we faced at Solo as the founders started this business. It was a side hustle, right? They, they started the business hoping to be able to afford a fishing boat uh, to go fishing. And, uh, you know, obviously in the end, they bought a fishing boat. Uh, so the mission accomplished. But, you know, this was a side hustle for five years where they were working full-time jobs and doing this in the evenings, and, uh, and all of a sudden it took on a life of its own and, and they found themselves working 16, 20 hour days. And, you know, it just got to a point where it was like, man, we, we got to figure out a different solution here because this side hustle is now kind of taking over our, our lives. And, and uh, you know, our goal was to go fishing and we've, we haven't fished in five years. So let's figure out a way to go fishing. And, and, uh, and so ultimately, you know, that's when, when I was brought on to, to help build a team and kind of get the business to where it could run without the founders there. And then that ultimately led to, to them being able to take some chips off the table. John Maris joining us here on the show. One last question, John, before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. 2021, uh, probably 2020 as well, big years for a few grill manufacturers as it related to the finance world, Weber grills, Traeger grills, both seem like they were in a sprint to go public first for whatever reason. Uh, at the end of October 2021, Solo uh, went public as well. The IP opens around 18 bucks a share. Um, right now, you're $7.14 a share. However, you look at some of the other big players in my space, uh, not the website, of course, but the live fire space, Traeger down 70 plus percent at like $6 and loose change. Weber also down probably approaching 50%. What are we attributing these slumping prices to on these big named public companies? Yeah, I think if you just look at the outdoor space as a whole, you know, market conditions have just been rough for outdoor and especially for outdoor digital and then outdoor digital new IPO, right? You just kind of start layering on the the, the tick boxes of, of just the way the market is perceiving the businesses right now. You know, again, this is all somewhat perceptive and, and, uh, and a guessing game in terms of how the markets are reacting. But ultimately what it feels like is, is there's a bit of a wait and see with uh, all of these newer IPOs around whether or not they're going to be, you know, the same businesses that they were pre-COVID and during COVID uh, in a post-COVID world. If you take a business like Yeti, which has performed extremely well, obviously has a tremendous track record, has has dr has grown, hit every quarter. Uh, since our IPO, they're down something like 40%. And so, and, you know, you just look at kind of what's happened to the market as a whole. It's not just been a focus on the grilling space or the outdoor space or the backyard space, but it's really been a combination of, uh, you know, kind of market conditions, inflation, Ukrainian conflict, new IPOs, COVID, you kind of layer all that stuff up. And just right now, there's just not a ton of investor confidence. And, and ultimately, I think people are going to be in a holding pattern to see who, who really performs over the next couple of years. John, do you see Solo ever branching out into something a little bit more weird, like uh, either making or acquiring an additional cooking vessel like, uh, like barrels are, are really cool? There's like two or three different barrel companies like Gateway, Pit Barrel, the list goes on. You see like accumulating some other kind of cooking vessel to add to that, or are you just going to stay in the space you're at right now? 
You know, we, we love the space that we're in. What we've said about M&A for us, mergers and acquisitions and potential you know, targets in the future is we're going to be opportunistic. If we could find a brand that has a cult-like following, super, super strong following and you know, a, large, a large market opportunity early in their story, profitable with a direct-to-consumer play in it, um, those are businesses that we're going to take a hard look at and, and we will be opportunistic. So if something great comes along that we think uh, really fits into our platform, uh, we certainly wouldn't turn away you know, something in, in the cooking vessel space. There's a variety of other categories as well. We really love businesses that have really strong, passionate followers and are profitable in the direct-to-consumer space. So that, that's, that's the place that you'll see us playing. I have great news, John. Barbecue Central show, fervent following base, mega, mega profitable because there's like no overhead and I am ready to go. So let's put a deal together. My people will call your people. All righty. It'll be the biggest. It'll be the first MA for a podcast ever. So Joe Rogan can be very, very envious of both of us. This is John Maris, president, CEO of Solo Brands, solostove.com is the website. Follow him on social at Solo Stove. John, really appreciate the time this evening, all the background, the candor. And continued success. Hopefully, you can do it again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. You got it. There he is. John Maris right there. CEO of Solo Brands. Filling us all in right there. By the way, if you don't have one, get a Solo Stove fire pit. They are the best. Like They are the best. I have no promo code to give you. I have no affiliate link. I'm just a fan. Uh, Derek knows we're late, but he was sitting in for the tail end of that, so we'll probably get some reaction from him on the going public answer. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all of their products right here in the States. Building pride through craftsmanship, world-class customer service is the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal cookers, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in their handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers, and you find them at yodersmokers.com. We're back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere, The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have to give you some smoky essence. Hey, gang, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to go to the hotline as we welcome in the most respected live fire journalist in the business, a Barbecue Central Show guest hall of famer, and you check him out writing on his site, DerekRiches.com. We welcome back Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I am well, and yourself? 
All right. You caught the tail end of John Maris, my second landed publicly traded CEO in almost as many months. Kudos to me. No, no. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, What did you think about his answer to all of the big real companies, including his own sucking ass at the moment as it relates to stock price? Um, Yeah, it's just realizing it's, uh, you know, I've been saying this. It's these companies have a lot of trouble getting people excited um i was just checking um currently weber is one of the most shorted stocks on the exchange traeger is headed towards the penny stock range and uh you know economists are saying well recession bear market so uh yeah it's just people i i just think that that as much as Traeger and Weber, they want to say they're technology companies and they have all this cutting edge technology. I think that when investors look at it, they're going, oh, this is uh, you're just making a grill for the backyard. And I remember having one of those. So, you know, like I've said, when you're talking about institutional investors, you're talking about New Yorkers and they don't know what reality is. Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com joining me on the show. So a quick recap from this past Friday's Best Moments show. 11 years ago, we were having a conversation about then Broilmaster bringing something called the Crave to market. I don't even know if you even remember that. Uh, I had no idea what it was. Oh, they do? Okay, good. Uh, They're a sponsor of the show, by the way. Well, they aren't, but uh, Primo is, so. Uh, Right. They're sibling. Yes, that's right. They're siblings, the sponsor. Empire Comfort, the parent of all of them, of course, but you were asking me about it. I had no idea. We eventually start getting into another field in our market, which was pellet cookers. And 11 years ago, you predicted at some point in the future, there would be a pellet war. And lo and behold, in 2022 and last year, we were in the midst of a pellet war. Do you feel vindicated for making such a bold prediction? Are you the Puxatani Phil of the live fire community? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm never wrong. (laughs) Yes, correct. Now, where you might have missed it a little bit, you said you thought it would be naive of people to think that pellet cookers would take the place of gas grills. Now, I'm not saying that pellet cookers have taken the place of gas grills by any stretch of the imagination. But if you didn't go back and listen to it and try and get back into that frame of mind, do you think that where pellet grills sit now is perhaps more popular than you would have given it credit for 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, I, I think I comfortably say that it, it uh, they've done better than I would have given them credit for. I don't, but I still contend that it is naive to say that pellet grills will replace gas grills. Are they at the, at the, have we hit the crescendo of popularity with pellet cookers? <laughs> That's, you know, that's the big question. I've been asking this for a couple of years, and that is um, this explosion in sales um, going, you know, one estimate I was looking at in statistics earlier said that in the span of about four years, we went from like a 3% market share to a 9% market share on pellet grills. But trying to find what the customer satisfaction numbers look like, are the people who are buying these pellet grills happy they bought a pellet grill? You know, I mean, certainly when you're on social media, you see a lot of hype and you see a lot of people talking about, it, but you know, we're talking about the regular people, you know, the people that don't make that decision until they get to the Home Depot or the Walmart and, you know, are they happy with it mm. and are they going to buy again? And mm. that's, 
that's kind of the big question is long-term sustainability as well as, you know, um, obviously it's a very fast evolving market space. So, you know. Is it safe to say that a general ham and egger is using a pellet cooker three times a month when it's warm out, not in the winter? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going for like a longer winded <laughs> question here. So if we, let's agree there. So would you say then that a run of the mill pellet cooker, you name your brand, whatever you want in that, let's say a thousand dollar or less category is a lifespan for that thing. If it's okay, maintained four years, five years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing right now is, is a four or five year range. Um, but again, there's not enough data to make that estimate. And you know, you're right for that person that says, Hey, it's September. Let's just throw a tarp over the thing and we'll come back in April. Uh, how well is it working now? How's that going for you? Especially when you didn't clean it out and you left a whole bunch of wood pellets in it. And you have mice in the bottom of your grease trap. Right. Do we need then another three or four years from where we sit today in 2022 to gauge if pellet cooker success has really come to fruition. In other words, this would be now a group that is buying their second round of pellet cookers. Do they go buy the pellet cooker or do they go back to a gas grill or buy a Weber Smoky Mountain or something else? Right. And that's, and that is a big question. Um, I do think that we'll probably start getting a really good idea of this probably in about a year. Mm. Um, cause I think that that's when we're going to start getting into this kind of longer lifespan and you know, what the replacement cycle is going to be looking like. So I think we'll know a lot more by then. And, you know, fortunately we now have publicly traded companies who are going to have to report how well they're doing every three months. So we'll have a really good idea how well that's going. Ceramic cookers continue to remain on the market. There's a company that I wasn't overly familiar with, I hate to say, called Vision Grills. They make a Kamado or a, a ceramic style cooker. And it has this thing called a quick change gas insert. <laughs> now, this isn't new. It's been around no. for, I guess, quite some time. And again, I'm trying to figure out why I even stumbled over this, but do you have any experience even playing with this live and in person? And, and I guess why would I want a gas insert for my ceramic cooker? Um, yeah, huge question. Actually, uh, you, you ever heard of Prima? They make a sponsor they make a of the show, by the way. Out. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. They make one gas powered Komodo. But yeah, Vision, I love Vision. Vision is just like this kind of crazy company. They've actually been around for probably a, more than a decade, I guess. Um, if they can fit a, fit a gadget on a Komodo ceramic grill, they will do so. Um, th they first started off with a removable uh, electric charcoal starter, which you, you slid into a door in the bottom. I mean, some of these grills have like six or seven doors in them and dials and, wow. and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and then when the charcoal is lit, you had to disconnect that and pull it out and all the ash would fall out and then, but the charcoal would be burning. So, you know, you didn't, you know, that horrible task of figuring out a way to get charcoal to burn, you know, cause apparently that's hard. Um, and then they came up with the this, you know, okay, so you don't want charcoal tonight. Now you can just swap in this gas module thingy in the front base door and do that. And um, 
you know, they're cheap. They have. But is it to make it a charcoal models. grill then, or is it is it to make it a gas grill, or is it just for like yeah, low do, and slow, or? Yeah, I mean that, that's kind of the weird idea of it, and and <laughs> I'm not sure that the thing of it is is it's like I've talked with these people on a couple of occasions, and and I'm not sure they know what it is, but they have they expect this to do. Um, um, and you know, they're not well-made. I'm just going to tell you that I, I, am you know, I love the company for the crazy stuff they come up with. Mm. I don't love the product, mm. you know, I mean, there's, I have the same, I have the opposite relationship with other companies. So let's stick with ceramic grills just for a second, but let's pull it out high level for a moment. And it's just you and me here. Nobody's okay. listening. Um, right. I'll, I'll turn the mic off. The majority of the live fire public can weigh in after the fact, as I'm sure they will. But in your opinion, do ceramic grills suck? No, no, I don't think so. I've been a, I've, uh, I was raised on one. I mean, I've been cooking on a ceramic cooker since I was a kid, um, and I've always had one. I, I always make sure that I keep one at all times, <clears throat> and I'm a huge fan because I think it's the most versatile cooker you can get because. I mean, you can smoke on it. It'll do, I mean, you know, they say it'll do seven. I can do 900 degrees mm. without too much trouble. Uh, it's a phenomenal pizza oven. It's great for baking. It's great for smoking. It's great for grilling. You can, you know, and, you know, it's not, but they're not glamorous. And, you know, they, they have trouble attracting, you know, people on the cool factor, but you know, but that's where I would, I mean, if I had to have one cooker, it would be a ceramic. Is that the knock then on the ceramic niche? Their marketing is stagnant or old or non-existent. Yeah. It's not generating a lot of pizzazz and uh, urgency, unlike the Traegers and pit bosses of the world. Right. Yeah. I, I, I do think that there's a lot of room for marketing. I mean, uh, you know, I've tried to pitch the commercial where you've got the guy on one side of the fence with this pellet grill and the guy on the other side of the ceramic grill and the pellet grill's noisy and, you know, trying to talk, but it's like the pellet grill keeps making noise and then puffs of smoke come out erratically from time to time. And the guy with the ceramic is just kicking back and relaxing because he's not being bothered by beeping technology and, and worrying fans and augers. Hmm. No traction That's, on that yet? No, nobody's, nobody's mine. I'm at this point, I'm actually giving, giving the whole pitch idea away for free, but nobody's, um, why don't you just get a production company, shoot it yourself and then put it up on your YouTube channel, churn out the content. I, Sean Walchev tells me from digital hospitality, content is king, churn it out, churn it out. So shoot it and get it up there. All right, get I'll the do views. it. Get I, it on I TikTok. Will, I will get that going. Yeah, yeah the TikToks. Uh, what are you writing, researching, and or investigating that we can be looking out here over the next month? Um, nothing. I mean, uh, a lot of back-end stuff. I'm filling in a lot of older bits I haven't gotten around to. But um, just keeping an, an eye out. I, I am kind of waiting to see how the ITC rules next month yes, and what situation with that's going to be. Um, I'm also, uh, was just, I was actually just researching because, uh, master gravity feed. Um, they're kind of pressing their patents cause that's a whole patented item there. And I'm trying to track down whether or not 
the Chargriller acquisition by Millbury had something to do with their violation of Masterbuilt's patents, but mm. we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, but yeah, I'm just, we'll see what happens with Green Mountain Grills in what, two weeks now? Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, it could week. be tomorrow or within two weeks. So I know there's a drop yeah. dead rule by and or before. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if I hear anything, of course, I'll uh, reach out to you and. If you hear something, uh, hold it close to your vest, and then we'll reveal it next month. Is a is a big okay. Review, yeah, so. if we if we can keep it secret yes. for that long, if we could possibly. Uh, in the meantime, you should be going over to Derek Rich's website and checking it all out. DerekRiches.com. Buy his book, by the way, and uh, you'll be happy that you did that. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you in May. Yes, see you at the end of May. All right, there he is. Derek Rich is right there. Little abridged. Derek Riches, as we went a little long with John Maris, but good stuff, as always, from the esteemed barbecue journalist. All right, as we continue on with talking about pellet cookers, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. They have a prime line, which has all the stuff you want. You might have to get your hands on them ASAP, depending on how this whole thing works out. Wi-Fi connectivity, yes. App changeability, yes. Yes, you can do that on the Prime line. It's also got a little bit more of a robust build on the chassis, internal meat probes, peek-in windows, the whole deal. You want to save a couple bucks? Choice line, sure. Got some great space. Got some great functionality. Small to medium-sized families and or if you're a, a couple that likes to entertain, up to 10, 12 people, choice is just fine, no problem. If you want to get bigger than that, or you just one of those, look at me, I host the big-ass parties on the street, then you want to go prime line, and you want to go peak to the top, baby. Only sold through dealers, so go to GreenMountainGrills.com, find a dealer near you, get educated at the dealer's location, and then take home the best one that fits your needs. You'll be armed with all the information. You'll have success right out of the box, regardless of which line you choose. All those grills will accommodate the pizza of an insert. As we were talking about with John Maris from Solo, pizza is still very, very popular. So you want the high heat pizza option. If you get a Green Mountain Grill, get the pizza of an insert. You'll be very happy that you did. GreenMountainGrill.com. That's GreenMountainGrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Visit it. And take it from there. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and Spark. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And I did hear from Ted Conrad over this past week. We're going to be doing a Spark giveaway. So get your athlete or porn star takes and names straight because the winner of that game is taking home a Fireboard Spark, if you can believe it. Everybody loves the games. Everybody loves 
winning stuff. Ted Conrad likes doling out high-priced items for you to win. So if you have... Maybe you already have a Fireboard 1. I have the original Fireboard. I love it. It still works great. A lot of people now getting the Fireboard 2. Loving the big display. What could complement the piece fully? The Fireboard Spark. If you have multiple Fireboards or you're running multiple probes, you can take the Spark and act it as a clearing house. It'll show all the temperatures on it. Or it's a one-channel Fireboard or it's a instant read me thermometer. 140 bucks for free on this show. All right, that's going to put a wrap on the first hour. We head to the second. Do as you do each week. Refresh libations. I will do the same on my end, and then we will meet you back here for another exceptional Live Fire 60 Minutes. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.